0: Hi right, everybody! Welcome back to another episode of the Twenty Three Personnel Podcast. I'm your host Spencer, joined by Michael.
1: Hello, everybody. Good to be back. had a had a nice little nice little weekend. We we're uh, recovering from the storm of the century here in Lubbock, and uh, just barely hanging on.
0: So I'm I'm sure other people got a lot more rain than we did, but I got barely enough to register in my rain gauge.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I was at too. I I even um I made the mad dash home from work. Oh, so and did we came home and. Yeah, and I saw everybody putting their vehicles in the garage and moving stuff around to fit their vehicles in the garage and I mean it's it's good. It's not like I wanted to get hit with baseball size hail or anything, but the city of Lubbock really didn't see much. I think the surrounding areas got some some weather, but, but not us.
0: Not yeah, not much at all. Um we even decided to to record remotely tonight. If you notice any difference in the audio quality, and got Michael over Skype, you know just just in case, um, you know the weather was was really coming down on us when we're trying to travel back and forth. But here we are, beautiful <laughs> sunset as we're starting to record.
1: I know it's a. It turned out to be a really gorgeous evening.
0: Okay, so for those that are not familiar, that intro was from Flatland Cavalry. Michael, you saw them in person this weekend.
1: I did. I did. I got to go to Cotton Fest, and that's partially due to the fact that I signed up to be a barbecue judge.
0: You were, like, jumping up and down, waving your arms, like, pick me, pick me.
1: I, I did. I was... And it worked. It, it worked out great. Uh Met some met some pretty neat folks. We sat around at the table, and we have... The way they did it, you... uh you taste the food and then as a table, you have to agree on the score. And so, you know, it forced you to talk a lot and everybody was, there's was a lot of downtime cause the you know, turn ins were at 11 and 12. It was 11 for chicken, 12 for ribs and then two for brisket. So we had like an hour and a half at one point where we just went and checked out. There was a guy that was playing in one of the other areas around cook's garage and we listened to him and, And had a couple beers and just hung out until it was time to go judge some brisket. So, a really, really easy going, fun way to spend you know a few hours on a Saturday. And then um, I came home and we got the babysitter coming over and and Allison and I went back for the concert later on and got to see Flatland live, which I haven't seen them in a, I mean I haven't seen them live ever. And they put on a good show uh we had to get home before William Clark Green came on unfortunately so we missed that but we we got to pretend we were well we didn't really pretend we were just surrounded by college kids yeah you were <laughs> for about an hour and a half we did not blend in yeah we I, were uh, i'm pretty sure we stuck out a little bit but that was fine I'm, that's that's kind of the point once you're 35 just to, to <laughs> To maybe not be confused with the college kid, and that's no offense to college kids. One thing I did notice, though, Spencer, and I think I mentioned it in our Slack chat, was uh, college guys, the thing to do now is to cut off a pair of jeans, wear boots, and a Western shirt and a cowboy hat. So, like, jorts? Yes. What? They, they found a way to bring them back. My favorite clothing probably aside from the good old cotton t-shirt, jean shorts have to be my favorite clothing item ever. And I'm no longer allowed to wear them due to fashion reasons. But man, they found a loophole they did it, but they're, and they they cut them off in a way to where they're not Daisy Dukes or anything. So they're just, they just look silly. And I thought, man, that's a look I totally could have pulled off back in the day, back in my college days. Could have had a, those the extremely white legs with the cowboy boots and the, the cutoff jeans but
0: oh man I'm, I'm sorry, not, I missed it. I don't know if I could do it now so you kind of breezed right over the judging barbecue part how was that let, let me I'll <laughs> say this the silence <laughs> there's a uh,
1: if any of you guys that I mean what are the odds but if any of you guys listening were competing in the
0: you ordered a cook heck off. Of you got a some job. work to do <laughs> fantastic work gentlemen
1: <laughs> yeah got, got got some work to do uh, about every every third or fourth thing we tasted was better than average
0: and so it, I, I was thinking you're gonna go the other way. Like every third or fourth thing was just absolutely trash. No, you went the other way. Every third or fourth thing was above average. Yeah. Yeah. It was acceptable. A really um, low hit rate.
1: The, the rest of it, the main, the main thing we were docking points on was over smoking, which is a totally a thing that you can do. And I've done it myself and you realize that the smoke being gray is not necessarily a good thing and some of these guys hadn't quite realized that yet so we were i mean we had um there were some people that would use uh some of the donuts from the morning there was some there was like a coffee and donuts thing sitting out earlier this morning that morning and so after the chicken which is what we had at first I talked to someone who used donuts as a palate cleanser to try to get the smoke taste out of their mouth.
0: (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So if, if you're new to the, the barbecue smoking world, the the, one, the smoke should be almost clear. You're not trying to Mm -hmm. bathe it in like cigarette smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, not that I'm like a professional or anything. My, my ribs experiment this past weekend were probably acceptable. Probably overcooked them because they were just like you couldn't hold the bone and the meat just not fall off, which I guess some people like, but there was no like eating a rib like you would expect to, you know, grab the bone, and just eat off of it because the meat fell off. But
1: the one we thing had, I, we what, had all three types of ribs. We had a really good set of ribs that were just falling off the bone. We scored it pretty highly just because, because of the rest of the day. <laughs> um, so we scored it pretty highly, and then we had another set of ribs that same round and i think we gave it the same score maybe one point higher that had just a little bit more pull to it Uh, we really liked them and then we also had a set of ribs that were very undercooked and to where you were like gnawing to get anything off of them and yeah so uh, okay it's time to commit
0: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
1: I had all three versions this weekend, and um, I prefer the overcooked to the under.
0: (laughs) I I would imagine so. (laughs) Okay, so one, I'm a little disappointed in the competition barbecue circuit here in town. It makes me think that a lot of people think they can do it and really can't also it's like, should I enter?
1: I know it, it, it made me think we all kind of said stuff like that because I made some ribs that tasted very close to um, just this last weekend. I made some that tasted very close to the ones that uh, were kind of falling off the bone. And I thought, man, that's, that might've got me average score here. I mean, I wouldn't have placed in anything maybe, but
0: I could have won me some cash. Maybe, yeah. You never know. (laughs) So I actually used your rib recipe this weekend on Friday. Like I said, um, there was like a United Meat sale, and they had like a Mm. buy one, get one on racks of ribs. I was like, heck yeah, techno. (laughs) Which is, yeah, I said that wrong. Anyways, um, so so I got two racks, and then I, I, I took your suggestion on the rub which was smoking guns barbecue mild rub. Yes. Pretty good. Pretty damn yeah. good. I got um and then I did a uh, a glaze at the end with uh is it Texas rib candy? I don't know. It's some kind of it's or maybe it's just rib candy.
1: I'm pretty sure it's Texas rib candy and I think I the
0: like what like I had sauce, used recently was a... the
1: apple with no peppers.
0: Yeah, so they have like 12 different sauces. Three of them are without pepper. Everything else is like a hot, like a sweet, spicy blend. And I was like, well, I'm Samantha and Grayson are eating these too. I better do something without peppers. So it was I, I did the same. I got the apple. There was like an apple cinnamon. I was like, that's like too Christmassy. And there was something else too um, without pe- Is it apple, pineapple? No. That was the, the thing you had me spray on it. Anyways. Yeah. Um, they're pretty good. Realized um, that cut of rib, and I'm blanking on what they are, the St. Louis cut.
1: Well, yours weren't St. Louis. Yours were spare ribs.
0: Spare rib, yeah. They were, they were... But
1: the St. The St. Louis is like a trimmed version of the spare rib, okay. and that's usually what you get at barbecue places. Like at Evie Mays, if you order ribs, you get the St. Louis spare ribs.
0: Okay, well, that, that's what I wanted was right. the, the St. Louis cut. They didn't have that. I didn't know how to to make that transition because that last like third of the rib where you get like the little extra pieces of cartilage and little t- tiny bones. Yeah. That's not my deal. That was a that's a mess. But that's where most of the meat was though. Like for some reason on, on these ribs there wasn't a whole lot of meat between the bones. It's so, like where you really got your meat was at the end where yeah, I had to fight with the extra bones. Anyways, pretty good. Pretty good. And then yeah, I made well some more, good. I made some more pulled pork on Sunday. That'll be my third pork butt. Um, when I was at the store I was trying to get a big one because we were trying to feed the family with all of it Um, and I got the biggest one they had it was nine pounds and I got home and I checked my notes and the other two I'd done before were seven pounds I was like ooh I went way too big <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be Um, and it cooked it took eight and a half hours so it cooked faster than a pa- like an hour per pound Um, and it may have been my best yet I don't know what I did differently Besides, I, I did, um, that same rub on it that I did the 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 ribs on Friday. Um, sprayed it with that same juice because I had like a whole spray bottle mixed up of it, and I was like, well, whatever, I'll still use it. Um, and I was I was running uh, a temperature probe on the grate level because the the grill was giving some like weird readings, like the temperature on the grill would like spike and drop and spike and drop. I was like that. This is dumb. I was like, I was almost thinking I need to return it or something. But I was like, Hey, l- let me run a temperature probe on the grate. And it stayed within like three or four degrees of what I wanted it to. I was like, Oh, well, that's actually really nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's not too bad.
0: Um, and it was really good. And then we, we took all of it over to my in-laws for Sunday dinner, but we had like, we shredded it and then we, we put it um through the carnitas transformation process. Which is, I mean, it's like a mix of orange juice and lime juice, cumin and garlic, and then you kind of pour that over the the pulled pork meat on like a a cookie sheet and throw it back in the oven or throw it into the oven for I don't know, 20 minutes. It's
1: way good. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and then it kind of cooks down a little bit too.
0: Yeah. Well, so one, you don't you don't actually end up with any like the orange apple juice. Not sorry, the orange lime juice mix afterwards. It's all gone. Um, your meat is a little crispy. It's got some like not I wouldn't say burnt pieces but there are, there are some darkened pieces which are really nice. <laughs> um, goes really well over queso and nachos. You get some pulled pork nachos. Way good. Oh,
1: nice. I love me some nachos. Nachos are uh, something I've enjoyed on this podcast a few times. I think I've waxed on about them a little bit.
0: They're so good. Yep. All right. So that's our, our food take, 14 minutes of food. <clears throat> and Cotton Fest, but that's kind of how we started off that's with food. P- Food's pretty
1: food. short. That's not too bad for us.
0: It, better than last week. I think when we went like 18 or 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, we do have a couple of, of tech, athletic-related topics before we actually get into the sports news. Um, Obviously, we're going to talk about baseball this week. Um, you had a... Midweek series today, a doubleheader get cut in half because of impending weather that we kind of already talked about. Um, you had a sweep of Oklahoma over the w- weekend. Um, we have some basketball news to talk about. Your recruiting is just really on fire. Um, and Actually, a lot of football news this week. So before we get there, if you've been living under a rock, K- Texas Tech and Kirby Hokut have agreed to a contract extension I think it's a two-year extension from his current contract, so it'll take him all the way up to August 31st of 2027. And then his compensation increased to $1.5 million annually with 3% salary raises every year, which at $1.5 million, that 3% is a $45,000 raise.
1: I know. I was thinking, well, that seems, that seems kind of modest because a 2% raise is sometimes considered cost of inflation raise or you know so a 2%s not that uncommon and i thought well 3 well that's that's nice but then yes once it's multiplied by 1.5 million dollars it re- it results in someone's salary
0: or like a year of college for his kids or
1: <laughs> that's true that's a that's another good point
0: so Kirby Hokut is in his eighth year with Texas Tech. This will take him out another eight years. Um, And then there were a couple of quotes from the, uh, from the release that I think really point to uh, one, the value that Hokut has provided back to Texas Tech and kind of the reasoning why the university went ahead and, and made this decision to extend them. It says numerous programs have experienced unprecedented success and become national powers in several sports and the athletics program as a whole has seen tremendous growth in facilities and financial support. 2017-2018 to athletic season was one of the best in school history with six programs, baseball, men's basketball, men's golf, women's tennis, and men's track and field, indoor and outdoor, all finishing in the top eight in the country in their respective sports. In all, Texas Tech has claimed 13 Big 12 titles under Kirby Hogut. That's pretty good. hey, I just did some math. Oh,
1: that was do, quick. do you think do you think that three percent increases on top of like like okay, like you just said, in 2020 it'll go from one point five million to one point five four five. And so then would you multiply that times three percent? Yes. okay, so if that's the case. Then by the end of this, he's going to be making around one point nine million.
0: By if, the end of this contract, if he doesn't get extended, partway through this again. C-
1: correct. I mean that, and that wouldn't be surprising if he does. And
0: unless I'm,
1: you know, the, the speculation is where he would possibly go. I I think. I don't know if he'd go be an athletic director anywhere else, but I could see him being, uh, some form of commissioner or
0: like a league. Yeah.
1: Yeah, league commissioner, or, or I think the playoff stuff is all kind of voluntary, quote-unquote. I don't know if it's voluntary, but it's not like it's a full-time,
0: well, high-paying
1: position. So I don't know if he'd go back to that or not.
0: But I say, he's already served on that. I don't think he was, he was compensated for it.
1: Yeah, I don't think you are either. Um, I think it's just kind of a good way to get your name out there and probably meet a lot of good people. But I could see him being a, a Big 12 commissioner, or maybe not even Big 12, maybe – uh, just another conference in need of a commissioner someday, but I I'd be very surprised if he was an AD anywhere else.
0: Yeah. So, um, Wait, so here's the thing. If you were to jump from like the Texas tech AD to the big 12 commissioner, um, one, I'm not actually, I'm not actually seeing like a, Updated salary. Sorry, I'm 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 trying to see. These are all like really old numbers. Um, okay, so for for example, the 2014 salary of the Big Ten, sorry, the Big Twelve commissioner was just under 2.3 million dollars. Now that was five years ago. I'm I'm assuming it's it's jumped quite a bit since then. But that's not like a a significant jump from what he w- already would be making, which it sounds stupid to say that a $400,000 raise isn't like a significant change.
1: I know. Isn't that crazy?
0: But, yeah.
1: I, I um, would notice. Would you notice a $400,000 raise? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I might, ev- I might even notice a $45,000 one, you know, if you're really. Oh, I definitely would. If you were really pressing me, i i just that might even cause me to uh, check my bank account twice, yeah. make sure everything is actually okay.
0: It's like, hey, did I get paid twice?
1: <laughs> yeah. Or how many times did I get paid? I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, the The latest figure I'm seeing is actually from the Pac-12 from May of 2018. Larry Scott is making 4.8 million, but he's also he's also listed at that time as the highest paid commissioner. So yeah, I, as as a, a conference commissioner he'd probably make a lot more money than a, as an AD. So there's there's that opportunity um which I would or He, be could, in, in he f- could be the next Roger Goodell. Well, see, I, I I'd be in favor of him being a a, a conference commissioner than a another school's AD cuz I don't want him to take beard.
1: No, yeah. That was kind of an interesting buyout. Clause in that contract, of uh, of Beards. What was it? It reduces by fifty percent if Ho is not the AD.
0: Mm-hmm. So if, if, mm. if Ho Cut leaves Tech first, then the buyout penalty for Beard is cut in half. So it's almost like they're like they're almost tied together. Right. It's just so it's you, really odd. You would really <laughs> hope that that um, if and when Ho Cut leaves Texas Tech, it's not when they're a school that needs a basketball coach. Anyways, like um,
1: Arizona or something crazy
0: or LSU or
1: <laughs> yeah, LSU. Um UCLA in another year and a half or two.
0: Yeah. Okay, um the Red and Black Gala was this week, was Monday, Monday night last night. Um I guess it was formerly called the Texpees. Texpies? Texpees. Probably it's got to be Texpees. Texpees. Um it's an awards banquet basically for the Student athletes at Texas Tech recognizing outstanding performance from the the 2018-2019 academic year. I'm gonna rattle off some of these um, these teams and individuals that were recognized. Um, top team GPA goes to the women's tennis team. Women's coach of the year, Adrian Gregory of the softball team. This year they've gone 38 and 13. Um, you, you can see they're on a, a pretty good trajectory here last year they were 31 and 28 2017 they were 19 and 36 so they've completely flipped over their win-loss record in just two seasons um unsurprisingly the men's coach of the year is chris beard the women's fearless champion award zariah willis from track and field another unsurprising the men's fearless champion award Jarrett culver um i think labar brought up a good point is like was um uh, divine Otaduru thinking he got, it's like, he, he got the short and It's like, what do I have to do to win something around here?
1: <laughs> I, I know. I as as great as Culver was, and I gosh, uh, this is just going to sound really dumb, but I I don't know if he was I don't know if he des- deserved it or not. I'm not I'm not quite sure because we're talking about a a guy who's running the two hundred as fast as anyone on the planet right now, and multiple
0: um, national titles.
1: Yes, and I. I Culver had a spectacular year. He's a great player. I, For it's sure. not like I'm going to be upset about this or anything, but yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be kind of nice to recognize uh, uh, Divine on that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, Janine. So some of these other ones that have like names attached to it, like I'd recognize the names, but I don't know what they, what the award is recognizing. Uh, but the Janine McHaney Award, Jessica Hartwell from the softball team. Um. JT and Margaret Talkington Leadership Academy Award, Travis Bruffy from the football team. The Good Citizen Award goes to the volleyball team. Again, it doesn't tell me why that they were awarded that. I would I'm expecting that they did some kind of community service or some, some kind of outreach throughout the year. Yeah.
1: Term. That's that's gotta be what it is.
0: The female team of the year, softball. We've already gone over their their recent success and, and their turnaround. The male team of the year, again, unsurprisingly, the men's basketball team. And then some of the other categories that we didn't get into because there they one either a ton of, of recipients for that award or um, they're just recognized individual people on the administration staff. But other categories include the Big 12, Dr. Gerald Lage Award, or Leahy. The strength and conditioning workhorses, um, where you have one selection from every team. Texas Tech athletics teammate award, the athletic administrator of the year award, and the spirit and sportsmanship award. So, congratulations to all these teams, coaches, and individual athletes. Um, again, when you go back to, and looking at the the Kirby Cut contract extension, 2017, or sorry, um, this past year or two years has been some of the most successful all around for the athletics department as a whole. So congratulations to all of you on your hard work on and off the field. Thanks for making Texas tech proud. Michael, you got any final comments before we move on to baseball?
1: No, not really. They just, I do have one thing. I can't, I, I can't, give these guys enough credit for, well, these guys and girls for how stylish they look when they have, they post those photos when they were walking the red carpet. Cause they make it into an event, you know, everybody's dressed up. The guys are in some really cool suits. Uh, uh, the women are in some really nice dresses and everyone looks super sharp. And, um, I, I never, I never looked that, that good in my life. So congratulations for, uh, being very stylish and, pulling off some really cool looks that, um, there's no way, there's no way I would have, I would have been able to do. Yeah. I was gonna Bowman say, had a, Bowman had a really cool, he, I think he had a bow tie he going. Did. He had a really sharp looking suit. I know everybody, everybody looks super sharp.
0: Yeah. I, I was going to add is like, I've never looked that good. And you already mentioned that, but like, let's not forget these guys are in school still guys and girls are still in school.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and I would have, even so, even if I was, uh, in the kind of shape as these guys are, I probably would still have a suit that was one size too big.
0: Ill fitting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing would have fit right. And things, things just still would have been out of place. Stuff still wouldn't have looked like it was supposed to, but hats off to these guys. I mean, what a year the the, um, our athletes have really, uh, represented tech. Well, like you said, and and made us really proud, and and made us look forward to, because I know a lot of us, myself included, it was just kind of all about football season for years, and then now football season is kind of, I hate to say it, sometimes it's just a thing you have to endure uh, to get to basketball season now. <laughs> um, but so it's
0: have, have we become Kansas? I don't know, or Kentucky. <laughs> Duke. I mean, it <laughs> remains to be
1: seen. Uh, there's there's a lot of football left to be played until, you know, it's probably outlawed in like 15 years or something. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's it's been fantastic to just have the success that all these other teams have had, and to be a part of that as a uh, as an alumnus or an alumni. I don't know the proper term. Uh, even just going to cause you know I live in Lubbock, so it's not like people comment on your double T when you wear one, but anytime I'm out out of Lubbock the you get a lot more comments and stuff now people are really noticing
0: okay, so as a single male, you can either claim alum alumnus or you are part of the alumni
1: so I am an alum, yes, well so okay,
0: any. Any individual can can consider themselves an alum, regardless of their of their sex. Okay, but if you're gonna, if we want to get specific, male is alumnus, female is alumna, with an A. Alumni okay, that makes sense. Is is plural, obviously. Um, plural just female is alumnae, like n a e, and the plural. Mm. I mean plural male is still a- alumni. So, there you go. There's your your vocab lesson. There will be a quiz at the end of this. Yep. You got to you got to take care of that. Okay. Um <laughs> let's talk about baseball cuz you had a just another great week. Um your 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 baseball team is is on fire. They they're heating up at the right time of the season. Um they won all three games on the road in Norman this week, and they swept Oklahoma for the first time in Norman since 1999. You're now 33 and 14 on the season, 14 and 7 in Big 12 play, um, which is good for second in the conference, by win percentage or by losing percentage points, because Baylor also has 14 wins, but they have six losses because they had one game in a series against Texas canceled. Um, so you are half game back from them. You moved up to number 10 in the D one baseball top 25 and you have the number nine RPI in the country. So you are right on the door of becoming a national host. Um, we'll talk about what, what you kind of need to happen, what you need to do and what you need to have happen for you to slide into at least the top eight. Um, but before we get into the weekend, I want to kind of go over the big 12 standings and kind of. Look at the two bottom teams and just kind of re- revel. What is that? Not revel. <laughs> Reflect. Revel. Enjoy revel. That, that the University of Texas has been eliminated from contention in the Big 12 title. I just want to just throw that out there. They
1: are out.
0: Mathematically I like that. Eliminated.
1: I, I do not care for the fact that uh, half of their wins in Big 12 play are against Tech.
0: No, not half, a third.
1: Oh, are you, yeah, because Tech did get one in Austin, didn't they? We did. Yes, we did. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought it was a sweep. Nope. Sorry, everyone. All right. So but write, write to us. Tell tell me
0: how terrible I am. You need to be watching more baseball, Michael. I do. <laughs> There's just so many games. No, it's okay. <laughs> now, I mean, we're, we're coming up on, uh, actually, so we're 34 and 14. These were before the win today against... Uh, good old FIU in their ugly uniforms. Um, okay. So obviously we, we mentioned Baylor's in first place, 14 and six. Um, they have one series remaining and that's going to be on the road at Oklahoma state. So a great opportunity for you to make up the half game that you, you lack to take over, uh, first place. You can win the regular big 12 title, the regular season, big 12 title. Um, You're in second place. Then you get there's quite a bit of a gap here, but also because some of the game, some of the teams behind you have two series to play, like two conference series, where you only have one. But in third place, Oklahoma State, they're at ten and eight. They're actually three games back. Um, their remaining schedule consists of a just a really weird bedlam series with Oklahoma, um, and then like I said, they 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 host the Baylor Bears. So that, that Bedlam series, really quickly, um, one, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State actually played a non-conference game back in March, which I don't know how that works out. It was in Stillwater, but it was considered a non-conference game.
1: So it counts, but it doesn't count?
0: And it, it, it kind of sucks for Oklahoma State because they, they won that game, but it doesn't yeah. count as a conference win. <laughs> um, But the the conference, the Bedlam series this weekend... It's actually a home series for Oklahoma. But game one is in Tulsa. Game two is in Oklahoma City. Game three is in Norman. So Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will have played four times this season. Each team only gets one home game. But then they have to like travel three consecutive days to play out a series. Which I think is strange. That's
1: really... Yeah, I think that's strange too. I'm, I I don't know why you wouldn't... I kind of get Oklahoma city. I mean, that makes, that makes some sense. Uh, and especially on a Saturday, I'm assuming it's, that's, well, maybe not because I know our last series it, well, with TCU is, there's, is Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
0: But so the, the bedlam series is this weekend. So I think it's, I think it's truly Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
1: Okay. So Friday, you'll be in Tulsa, Saturday, Oklahoma city, Sunday, Norman. That's <sighs> just, really strange. the Tulsa one really throws me off. I, and it's just weird to have a home series not at home unless there's been some event, unless there's been a hurricane or, or something or a tornado. I mean, we're talking Oklahoma. That's a possibility. If, if there's been some tornado or something, then, yeah, you wouldn't play in Oklahoma City.
0: But having just played in Norman, you know that their field is just fine.
1: Yes. Man, that's – I don't know. I wouldn't care for that if I was a season ticket holder for – OU sooner baseball
0: well and i i assume it it kind of it flips the other way on oklahoma state home like hosting years as well like they only get one home game so it it i don't think it really works out for either team
1: yeah i don't it's think so really either strange. i guess it's fair because it's not fair to either team
0: yeah i'm not but sure but it
1: seems it seems odd i'm glad we don't um play ut and like waco and Dallas and Lubbock, or something. Yeah, I don't even really I don't strange. even know what the equivalent would be.
0: Well, it's, it's, I would say it's kind of like like a like a neutral site conference game, like it's Texas Oklahoma or, or Texas Tech Baylor. Like historically, Texas Tech Baylor has been in Dallas the past decade. But, yeah, but if you're going to do that,
1: strange. just do all three games.
0: Yeah, like, why? Well, why would you? Why would you split it up and like not just do all three at Oklahoma City? Yeah, that Ricktown. makes a ton of sense to me.
1: To yep. do all three there.
0: Anyways, um, fourth place, West Virginia at 11 and 10. They're three and a half games back, and they only have one series left. It's at Kansas State. Um, so technically, they could. They actually are eliminated from contention as well. Because even, even if they were to win all three of their games at Kansas State, they would still end up with more losses than Baylor if Baylor got swept. They would both be four. They'd both have 14 wins. Baylor would have nine losses, whereas West Virginia has 10. So West Virginia is also eliminated from Big 12 regular season contention.
1: He's updating the Google Doc as he's as he's talking. He's multitasking. Well,
0: this is the only one I I can do this with because they only have one series left. Everybody else has two.
1: Okay. Okay. So you Except got a six Texas. game swing. Yeah.
0: Except for Texas, who has. Already gone. Um, Fifth place, you have Oklahoma 8 and 10. Uh, They are five games back, but they have two series remaining. They could. No, they've got more losses too. Okay, so really, it it can only be Baylor, Texas Tech, or Oklahoma State that can win the regular season. Is that right though? No, because, yes. Yes, because Oklahoma State could technically finish out 16-8. and eight.
1: Or Oklahoma State, yeah. Yeah, they could. They could. But that That's means true. that
0: Texas Tech and or Baylor, well, one, they're already going to be playing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Is I, I should have done this. I should have like had this thought out a whole lot better before we started this. <laughs> okay, so yes, technically, let's just go ahead and update this. Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State are the only three teams that could possibly win the Big 12 title. Everybody else has too many losses to catch up because Baylor has six losses, and they only have three games to play. So at most, they could have nine losses. Anybody from fourth place, which is West Virginia, down already has ten. So yeah, have, so
1: that does automatically take you out, I think.
0: They have more losses than Baylor could, could reach. So everybody from West Virginia, OU, TCU, Kansas, Kansas State, Texas are all eliminated. So that makes it easy. It's it's a three-team race. Um, Texas Tech needs Oklahoma State to, um, to take at least one from Baylor. And then you need to sweep TCU and then you will win the Big 12 Conference. Which is doable. Sort of. As long as Oklahoma State does not sweep both Oklahoma and Baylor, if Oklahoma State loses one game, they're out. Yeah, you're right. Texas Tech and Baylor, you have a little bit more wiggle room between those two because of the the half-game difference. But you both only have one series. So... You have to win one more game than Baylor does. So if Baylor wins two games, you need to sweep. If Baylor sweeps, you're going to be eliminated because you can't beat them. Um, If Baylor only wins one, you need to win two. If Baylor gets swept, then you only need to win one. However, if Baylor gets swept by Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State still has the chance to pass you if they also sweep Oklahoma. So, I think the only way Oklahoma State can win is if they win. If they have to win at least two against Baylor and then sweep Oklahoma.
1: Two against, okay, two against Baylor and sweep Okay, I think you're right.
0: So, that would put them at 15, 15 and 9. No, because even yes. then... Baylor would be at 15-8. Uh, and eight. So, only way Oklahoma State can win is, is if they win out. They've got to win out. You're right. Because if Baylor wins one of those games against Oklahoma State, then there's not enough losses on Baylor's schedule. There. Figured it out. <laughs> Oklahoma State has to win six games to win the conference. Texas Tech has to win one more than Baylor. Baylor just has to win one more than tech or win as many as tech does. So that's your big 12 standings. This will probably, this is, it's going to change when we, that's time we record next week because, uh, one, two, three, four, five teams in the conference have two series left. So the standings will get a little more compact next week. But like I said, really, you only have three teams that can possibly win because of the, the loss column. Um, but let's talk about that game, that series this past weekend in Norman. What do you say?
1: Okay. I think I'm, I think I'm ready to, just, to discuss it.
0: Sorry. Um, were you able to watch any of the games this weekend, Michael?
1: I watched um,
0: – I'm trying to think I, what day it was. There's one burning question I have to ask you. What's that? Did you know that the Oklahoma baseball head coach Skip Johnson and Tim Tadlock played on the same Little League team in Denton, Texas as you the know, 12 and under team.
1: That sounds familiar. I feel like that was <laughs> mentioned maybe just once or twice. And I just ad, happened
0: to catch it ad nauseum. All three broadcast <clears throat> crews. Cause all three were different. Yes. Yeah, it was, which was baffling too. Um, all three were different. They all mentioned it. They all showed that picture, which is it's interesting. It's a team photo of, of Tim Tadlock as a 10 year old and skip Johnson as a 12 year old. Um, from the Denton Seven Up.
1: <laughs> oh, that's pretty good.
0: Um, but yeah, man, that's all I talked about. Well, that and then that the the Homer crew on Saturday kept calling him Timmy. I, I wanted to like reach through my phone and slap that dude. He was so annoying. <laughs> Old Timmy out there, like dude, his name is Tim. S-T-F-U. Why would you? Why
1: would you do that? I mean, yeah. E- even uh, I'm always kind of partial to that because. Uh, People thought they could call Tim Duncan Timmy just because his teammates did. Timmy Duncan. And Popovich did. Yeah, it's like, nah, I don't know.
0: I, I don't know. That's like people calling you Mikey. Yeah, I have some people that, well, every now and then, sometimes my cousins call me that. Well, also, probably as a nearly forty-year-old, I'd be like, mm, "Let's not, let's not, let's not go there."
1: Yeah. Well, and you know they've been calling me that ever since I was a little kid, so it's <laughs> it's just kind of, at least it's not like a dig because sometimes people will do it and you can tell that they're just being kind of a jerk about oh, it. And,
0: and you... Hey, Mikey! Like,
1: yeah, yeah it's like, up, yeah, dude. thanks, buddy.
0: <laughs> thanks, <right>. Slick. <laughs> thanks, pal. Um, so yeah, you you, you swept Oklahoma. Uh, it's your first sweep in Norman since 1999, but it's your third sweep of Oklahoma under Tim Tadlock. Um, you've now won eight straight big 12 games is going back to the first game of the Baylor series where you, you had that big comeback, but you end up losing in extra innings. Um, and then you swept, you won the last two games of that series against Baylor. Then you swept Oklahoma state swept Oklahoma. So you've had eight straight conference wins. Um, Five, I think it's five straight schedule wins including like non-conference because lots of non-conference game between Oklahoma State and Oklahoma against uh, UTRGV but you won the second game then you won all three of Oklahoma and then you won the game today Um. so yeah it's your third straight Big 12 series win the last time you lost the Big 12 series was against West Virginia in Morgantown when you had those um, back-to-back complete game <laughs> performances, one from a West Virginia pitcher Alec Manoa, and then you had one of your own from Caleb Killian. Um, was
1: the was the Manoa game the one that what was it Tech lost one to nothing, or just, it was a really very low scoring game because of that pitcher, right?
0: It was, I think it was like four three, or was it four three or three to two? Okay, because I, I believe all three games were within a run.
1: Yes, I think they were. That's why I had one to nothing in my head, but that that may not be right at all.
0: Four to three, and that was winning pitcher. Who is it? No, this was a, the Sunday game then. Um. Here, just, it was zero to
1: two. You lost two to nothing. 0
0: Okay. Um, which brings up like a point I was trying to make, or that I was trying to track. Did I even write it down? I didn't. But I was I was taking notes on this, um, and I didn't put it in our notes document. Like a like a real winner here. Um, of your seven Big Twelve losses, I, I believe five of them were one run games. Shoot, one was a two-run game, one was a three or four-run game. So, of your seven losses, I think the combined runs, run difference, I think is like minus ten, which is stupid close. Like you're you're losing a lot of close games. Yes. Um, so that's also helping your your strength of schedule, your RP, and all that all that kind of stuff that. When you're losing conference games, you're not getting blown out. It's like you're like, Oh, we're down twelve three, we're just gonna pack it in and, and we'll play for tomorrow. Um they've been all been really close. And I I don't have the numbers in front of I I got the notes. I can see it. It's a handwritten note on my desk at work.
1: <laughs> not <laughs> helping Visualizing
0: here. it. I, I can see it, I just can't actually read the note. But I, I Well, I I'm skimming on... through and I'm seeing the
1: same thing you are. Um your your loss against U T was three to four uh your loss against kansas state was four to five
0: so that's two that's two one run uh your 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 biggest conference loss was actually against kansas game three and it was a four run game
1: yeah that was nine to 13 and And,
0: then um there's a two run and a one run
1: yep and that was in west virginia and then you lost
0: another one run against baylor and then you haven't lost since
1: yep yeah you're right well done. Well done, sir.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Good stat.
0: Yeah. And, and it was actually, it was, it was a commenter on Staking the planes that like mentioned something about that and I, I went into the research. I was like, wow. Like, of your seven losses, five of them, four or five were one run and there was a two run and a four run. So, been really close. This weekend, um, two of your three games, you had to come back. You were down several runs, uh, against Oklahoma Friday and Saturday. you were able to come back. Um, the offense was definitely the driving factor this weekend. Your hitting was just unbelievably hot. Um, you had 17 extra base hits this weekend. So a double triple or home run 13 of those 17 were doubles. You had one triple three home runs. um, Cam Warren, for his his uh, performance at the plate, was named Big 12 Player of the Week. Um, over the past week, this is obviously including the Oklahoma series, he's led the conference in hitting, slugging, and on-base percentage. His average this past week was a paltry 583. Good gosh. <laughs> Nearly sit hit 600. He had seven hits. Four of them were for doubles or... Four were extra base hits. That's just stupid.
1: His, yeah, his the dude was on fire, slugging man. Slugging
0: percentage is obviously also going up. Um, so Friday night you start Micah Dallas. Um, Hunter Dobbins comes in in relief, uh, and this is he comes in during the the comeback. So he actually gets the win. Um, and then Taylor Floyd Taylor Floyd gets the save. Uh, Cam Warren from the plate goes four for four scores, four runs, um, records four our RBIs. Um, Cam Warren on the season now has 65 RBIs, which is good for not only best in the, uh, on the team, but best in the conference. He's also outpacing Joshua, J- Joshua, <laughs> Josh Young's, um, all American season from last year when he hit eighty RBI. Um, although now with the the one game canceled he may be slowing down a little bit, but we still have all of you know, you got your, your three games against TCU, you got the Big Twelve tournament and then any postseason play. So he still got quite a bit of time to get fifteen more RBI to pass Josh Young from last season. Um Friday night, he also hit two home runs, so he's up to 13 on the season. Um, and then his batting line, uh, this was as of this weekend, so not, we're not counting today. Batting average is up to a 343, um Slugging percentage is six sixty three. Woo! Which was just stupid high. I mean, two out of every three hits is an extra base hit for him. Which is kind of funny. Like he's a big dude, right? He's not like outrunning people, <laughs> you know. He's not he's not making the second or third on his speed. He's doing it because he's hitting it where they aren't. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he's hitting it where they aren't, and they have to go get it.
0: Yeah, or or they just watch it go over their head. Yeah, because like, I mean, if you're familiar with with Cameron Warren, like his double his double celebration when he gets on base is him breathing from an oxygen mask <laughs> you know i it's heard that deep breath <laughs> yeah i i didn't
1: really know that i heard him hit a double today bases were loaded and he hit a double today yeah he had a three run
0: double he had five rbi today alone
1: yeah and and hacks well he yeah because he batted he got all three of them off i think right there uh-huh. and so anyway he hack said something about it and there's cam doing the old oxygen mask at second base. And I, I thought what I couldn't, I I did not, um, I did not know that was a thing. I, I, sh- I probably should have, especially with him being a senior and everything, but I, I didn't know that was something that he did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and then his on base percentage is a four forty three. Um, so that, that combined set of on base plus slugging, he's, Greater than one point one. Woo. <laughs> Which is yeah. It's stupid good. Josh Young, um, also not to be overlooked. Uh he went three for four on Friday, scored four runs himself. Um his batting average is up close to three sixty. Um, his slugging percentage is almost as high as Cam Warren. He's at six forty one and his on base plus slugging is one one three two. So his is even a little bit higher than Cam Warren. It's nuts. The the two of them going back to back at uh, what's that four five in the order? It's just, it's deadly. It's salty. Yeah.
1: especially the way Warren has been playing. I, I I just hope that he's. It's not like he's played poorly all year, but
0: good gosh, this. He also does really well in the state of Oklahoma, which we noticed last year at the Big Twelve Conference tournament, where he hit two home runs in the, at one one day against uh, Oklahoma State, I think, and then this series in um, Norman. I mean, he went four for four Friday, two for three on Saturday, um, so that's six of seven. And I don't have his stats pulled up for Sunday, but. He's been really hot, obviously. Yeah, um, big time. Saturday, your 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 hitters, um, Gabe Holt, he went three for five. His his um his batting average, like you have so many guys above three hundred. His batting average is three twenty eight, um, which is just stupid high for your on like your your leadoff hitter. Like you just don't put a three hundred hitter first, but basically everybody until you get to number eight on the lineup is 300 or better. Cam Warren, like I said, was two for three with one run, um, two walks. He's, he's walked 30 times on the year, which is how his, uh, his on base percentage is, is a little, a little bit up there. He's fourth on the team in walks. Mm. Um, so in Friday night, in Friday night's game, you scored three runs in the seventh inning. Saturday night's game, you scored four runs in the seventh inning. So you're you're coming on late, and you've done this now. Um, really, like you did this in two of the three games in Oklahoma. You did it, and the the big comeback win against UTRGV. Um, I have to go back and look at the box score, but I'm pretty sure you you did that against Oklahoma State as well. Um, When I was looking at the Big Twelve, not the Big Twelve, the Texas Tech season stats, when they broke down number of runs per inning, you really don't start picking up a lot of runs. Like there's a big jump between the second and third inning, but then like your four, five, six innings, or I think the vast majority of your runs are coming. Um, which kind of like it it makes me a little bit nervous going into like postseason play when you're talking about getting to really good teams having to rely on, like, a big comeback, but mm-hmm. you are not a team that um, shies away from having to fight back from being down, because you did, you did it uh, twice this weekend. Um, you've shown that you've been able to do it. Um, you rarely are the team that scores first, but you're still winning three times as many times as you're losing this season. So... Then Sunday's game, uh, Gabe Holt another three hit day, three for four. Um, he also had a really, really uh, great defensive play. Um, hit a diving catch in the outfield, and I think I it was the third innings when I wrote down. Um, there were two runners on base. Had he missed that catch, uh, likely those two runners would have scored, and your your batter would have ended up on second, maybe even third. Um, but that catch ends the inning. And saves those two RBI. Josh Young goes four for five. Cody Masters, three for five um, with two RBI. Bryce Bonin started the game, um, and he just looked salty. This dude, like, we're talking about, like, his season progression. Um, I remember watching his first his first pitching performance this season, and it was back, maybe it was against Oregon. Um. It, it was a, rough. It looked a lot like Erickson Lanning performances now are looking. He, he made it like into the second inning um, and then got pulled. But now he's going five and six complete innings, um, five to eight strikeouts. Um, I think, yeah, so he threw six shutout innings with only two hits. So when he left after six, he'd only given up two hits on the day. That's just
1: nuts. It's crazy, Yeah, dude. definite improvement. He's, uh, he's, he's settled down. He's figured out kind of what he needs to do to be successful here, and he's making it work.
0: Yeah, let me, let me go back and look really quickly. He, um, Bryce Bonin, he didn't start the first Oregon game. It may have been the second one where you had to come back to win that one. Course, it doesn't help because it doesn't tell you who started the game at Pitcher. It tells you who won the game, which is Taylor Floyd, but he wasn't a starter. Anyways, um, then you played a game today against FIU. They had some really atrocious jerseys. Um, they were like navy and gold pinstripes, and then they had a, um, like gold plated helmets and they were just they were ugly. <laughs> so ugly. I I kind of enjoyed it. I mean
1: Seth mentioned that in the Slack chat. I, just the audacity of it, the brashness of it was kind of it was kind of fun. It, it like yeah. almost like a reverse pinstripe.
0: <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> um so this was a double header that was scheduled to go um Earlier this afternoon and then this evening, it got moved up for weather. So the first game started actually at 11 o'clock this morning. And then your second game was to follow 30 minutes after the completion of your first game. Um, like I was saying a little bit earlier, you didn't score first. Uh, FIU scored in the first inning, and then they were like super aggressive on the base path. They had one guy, uh, like their speedster got on, stole second, then stole third. Um, and then was able to score it on a on like a a ground out to like an infield ground out. So the ball didn't leave the infield. He, he was able to move from first all the way around. Um, they also scored in the third. But then you Texas Tech, you put up four runs in the fourth, four runs in the fifth, one in the sixth. You get to nine runs and you just kind of hold out uh, to beat them nine to six today. Um. Sorry, let me uh, Dylan Dillanoisey went three for four today. Cameron Warren went two for two for four. Um like I said earlier with five RBI that puts him up to sixty five er, Yes. Sixty five on the season. Um Landing got the start. He got pulled, I think, in early in the third inning. Um, gave way to John McMillan. He came in, kind of settled everything down. Um, and then you saw a couple of, um, I guess, a string of relievers come in. And Clayton Beater got the save. Uh, and, like, and then, like we said, the, the the second game got canceled. So you're done now with your schedule until you host TCU next weekend. Um. And really, um, for, from here and out, you're, you're kind of seeing what the rest of the conference is doing. Um, our friend Keith over at the Dinger Derby Podcast has has been kind of helping us feel our way into like how we move into the postseason. Um, I I, I agree with him, he, he, but he's saying that Texas Tech has the resume of a top eight national seed. Um, tech. Texas Tech so far is fifteen and six against RPI top twenty-five teams, twenty-seven and twelve versus RPI top hundred teams, um, and then you still have the three games against TCU that would be in the top hundred. So you could finish the season at thirty and twelve. Um, and then the big thing we mentioned earlier that that can help you move up into a national seed, like a super regional hosting position, is that Oregon State has just had a huge drop in the past week or two. Um, He mentioned this on on his ratings, his baseball rankings post today on Staking the Plains, but they were swept by by Oklahoma State, which also helps Texas Tech because you swept them. Um, Oregon State was projected uh, very recently as a number six national seed, but their RPI over this past week has dropped all the way down to 23rd. So they're going to take a little bit of a tumble there. They could fall out of, or probably will fall out of national hosting, national seed um, position. Could make room for you to slide up there as long as you take care of business against TCU. Uh, I was talking to him a little bit earlier this afternoon about if he thinks the Big 12 Conference tournament is going to have any impact on Tech's chances on hosting. He said, really, um, it really won't. So you've got three more games this season to make your case, uh, all, all you can do is, is is win the games you've got on your on your schedule and kind of make sure everybody else is um, making room for you, like I said, you're you're number nine in the RPI ten in the poll. I don't think the poll really matters the RPI score. Um, so you're really right there. You're you're one spot out from being able to host a super regional if it gets to that point. Um, which would be fantastic. Anytime that you've hosted a super regional you made it to the College World series. Um, and this would defy the every other year kind of trend we've seen uh, to make it back-to-back years. I believe we are working to get Keith on the podcast here with us here in a couple of weeks once we're done with nice. the, the TCU series. Yep. We're excited to have him on to kind of wrap up the regular season prepares for postseason as we get going that way. Um, Michael, that was a lot of me talking about baseball. You ready to talk about some basketball? <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> that sounds good. I, I was not even sure you were still there. Like is,
0: No, I'm here. Is, is he still there? He's just listening. It's <laughs> like I a, am, I'm listening. I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm learning m- miniature dinger derby podcast for everybody. Um not that you should not be listening to his podcast as well. It's gonna go way more in depth. Yes, we did spend close to twenty five minutes on baseball, which is what he would spend on a on a series, but he gives a whole lot more detail and reason he looks further into the games and than what we just gave you um well and I think he
1: I'm pretty sure Keith takes uh or keeps his book for the most part during the games as well and has good notes and a lot of good um instances of exactly when certain plays went off and and kind of what that led to
0: yeah he would tell you like who was on base ahead of Cam Warren when he hit the bases clearing you know RBI double and um, which pitcher it was off of and where the ball went and all that kind of stuff. I, I would love to keep a book, but it also would require me to always keep it with me. And I'm not always hundred percent sure if I'll be able to watch a game and I don't like to keep an incomplete game on a book. It just feels weird. It's like have a partial game. Cause then it's like, what, what's the point, right? Cause it's there to help you keep track, um, to track stats and all that kind of stuff. And you have a partial game. You're like, well, I started watching the fourth inning and from there on Gabe Holt had a hit every time up, but like my book says he was two for two, but he actually went two for four, you know? So it's, it's kind of like a weird, right. It it doesn't make sense to me to only keep a partial game in a book. Keith does a really good job on that. And he's able to give a whole lot more detail. Uh, Like I said, I I really enjoy keeping a book. I've I've actually got a a nicer book this year from uh, Bob Carpenter. Who is the, I believe he's a radio or or maybe he's a TV uh, broadcast guy for the Nationals. Now um, he created his own book a long time ago, and I've I've ordered it. I also saw so he keeps like a a testimonial section on his website of other people that have ordered from him that are professional broadcasters. Jeff Haxton is on that list.
1: Oh, so, that's cool. So
0: I was like, well, I use the same book as Jeff Haxton. Maybe not the same book because Bob Carpenter has three different versions. He's like a fan version, a radio version, and a TV version, depending on like how much space you need, how much more detail you need in the notes. Mm. I just have the fan version. I'm sure um, Hacks has the TV version, the big one.
1: I yeah, know that uh, I, I bet he would have to.
0: I know that Keith has the radio version, which is it's either the big. I, I'm not sure that like the the, the tier here and which one's the biggest. Um. But it's it's got a whole lot more room than, than the fan version. I, I actually took the fan version with me to, to Phoenix and kept the game there, which is a lot of fun. Except for it was a National League game, and with all the, doubles, the, the double switches and the, the pitchers batting, it was, it was just a mess. But I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Let's talk about basketball. What do you say? I'm ready. All right. Um, big news of the day. Your top recruit in this class, Jamias Ramsey, received his fifth star. He got promoted. He did. This now makes your first five star commit signee in basketball
1: ever. Ever in the history of ever. basketball
0: because he is your highest rated recruit. Um, and nobody else before Ramsey obviously was high, as highly rated. Um, that's redundant. Everybody else was at most a four star. So Kayvon Moore was the next highest rated guy and he was a four star. Um, Jamias Ramsey today got his fifth star from rivals. So you have a five star recruit signed and on his way to campus to play for your basketball team.
1: It's a nice feeling. I mean, we, we all thought it was just kind of it was almost silly that he wasn't considered a five star in, in the first place. Because um, he was I like think... one of the
0: very, like, he was a, either the first or the second outside of the group of five stars. Like, he was like the second, the first or second highest four star recruit.
1: Yeah. I think we were talking, we were into the hundredth decimal place doing some creative rounding to, to get down below a five star. But
0: I think it was a thousandth.
1: It it means a, I mean, it just means a ton to tech to be able to claim that they landed a five star recruit. And whether some people may just think, well, I've I've kind of heard this argument on double T. Some people are just kind of poo pooing it. Well, he's still the same guy. What does it matter if he's got an extra star? And it's like, well, it matters quite a bit because these other guys with that extra star start paying attention too. And start noticing, oh wow, Beard and Texas Tech and Lubbock are able to attract that kind of talent. So maybe I should consider that too.
0: Yeah, you, you don't you don't have that knock on on being able to recruit top talent anymore. You you can't say, well, they they're doing less with more, which which we are. Um, they are. I'm not taking any credit for the development of Chris Beard and his staff, but <laughs> right. But like you said, it attracts the attention of other top guys because they're like, well, yes, some guys do want to go play and like make a name for themselves and help build a program. But also there are a lot of guys that don't want to be the only guy, you know, because if if everything goes wrong, it's going to be like, Oh, it's, it's it's Ramsey's fault. Right. Right. They, they don't want that, um, that kind of attention. Talent wants to be with other talent, right? You don't want to be the best player on like a really bad team. Um, so Jemias Ramsey getting a fifth star. Um, one, it's it's a really cool accomplishment for Chris Beard and and for Texas Tech to kind of hang their hat on. But also, it really helps when you start looking at the recruitment of like an RJ Hampton, who recently listed you in in his final five. Um, who was the guy that we talked about last week when he reclassified to this class was previously the top rated guard in his class. Um, will now enter the Move from the 2020 class to the 2019 class. You're in his final five of schools he's considering, and he'll announce at the end of the month. But like, he's obviously another five-star guy. Um, you might not have been on on his radar if you had not landed a Jemias Ramsey.
1: This is true. So, it it gets the eyes of the other top talent, um, because they want to play with guys that are good mm-hmm. and they want guys that. Uh, may even be able to challenge them a bit and you know have them kind of, kind of get the best out of them too so it's it, it works in a lot of ways in techs favor i it's and it also just shows that you know beard's getting um, you know let's think about this let's let's go way deep into this what if the fact do you think there's any possibility that the fact that he has connect uh that he committed to Texas tech and that Chris Beard just got that huge contract and all this other stuff happened that his star rating went up a little bit. Do you think it could be that? Or am I just talking crazy Homer?
0: I I, would have said if it had happened the other way around, if Ramsey got his fifth star and then Beard's contract was extended, that there would have been some connection. Mm -hmm. I I don't think, I mean, maybe I'm downplaying the recruiting service and their. Their um, evaluation of of Chris Beard, the coach, and, and Texas Tech, the program, um, because when a when a top guy, and I'm thinking about football in particular, when a top guy at his position commits to Alabama, like, wow, man, Alabama really only takes like the, the best of the best. So may- maybe he is a five star. Um, oh,
1: I see. I see. Yeah.
0: So I, I, I mean, the, there may be something to that, but I,
1: I, I think it's I, too I early think... to say that. That, we have that kind of pull, but it's just kind of a fun conversation to have.
0: Yeah, I, I do think with with Ramsey being on the bubble this whole time, and he's just like. He's performed at a high level all season, that it was almost like just a matter of time. We also know that rivals likes to kind of bump their five star class at the end. Like, they're twenty four. Now we're gonna have thirty five stars. So. Hmm. Um. The other thing that came out today was the NCAA, like the, the March Madness guys put together the, uh, the NCAA tournament highlight video for Texas Tech and it came out this morning and I was not ready to watch it. I was, like, it, it brought up all the heartache from April 8th all over again when I watched it. I was like, oh my gosh, we could have won the whole dang thing. Um, but it was really cool to watch, uh, to to see some of the the big moments again, to see how you, um, you basically had twenty point leads until you got to Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah, and then, I, and then, and then I enjoyed you that, that, that too
1: because I did watch it before we recorded. Just I forced myself to watch it, and it was actually really enjoyable. I thought I was surprisingly, I was surprisingly not as it wasn't a, a letdown for me. It, it really was kind of nice to watch and just remember all these moments and, the, oh yeah, this was the Mooney game or, oh yeah, this was the game where Owens was just blocking everyone.
0: Or this is when Davide Moretti f- found his three-point shot. or
1: Yes, yes. And this, oh, this is this is one of the two games that Kevin Harlan announced and I enjoyed so very much.
0: The The one thing I, I did notice that the highlights they showed of, of the, the Virginia games and the nat- national championship game um I I guess like the ending of the game had me remember like had me misremembering how close the game was because the, the scores in some of these highlights were a lot larger lead for Virginia than I remember them them being. There was like some like seven, eight, eleven point leads for Virginia. I was like, Oh my gosh, we we were down that much.
1: <laughs> right. But
0: right. we were able to come back and still lose it?
1: Um, <laughs> We're able to come back and still lose it. But That's a like, way to look at it. Yeah
0: the the last highlight of that of that video really should, should have been of like Chris Beard cutting down the nets, not of some shot that rolled in and like it just ends there. Like no,
1: no. Well, that was kind of what I appreciated of the, about the video. It was just straightforward nine minutes of highlights, no like thought pieces or the the lights are dimming as they're. Coming out of slow mo from the tunnel and trying to give you all the feels or anything, it was just straight up. Here's the highlights. Because if it was one of those like, uh, let's let's give you some feels. Let's make you. Let's take you back. Let's take you back on this journey. Like, no, no, no. I wouldn't. I would have turned it off. Highlights. I can handle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for the yeah. uh, the emotional video just yet. Like the, I think there the, was one or two that came out after that and I, that that was enough. That was enough for me.
0: So th- this is actually the first highlight video I've watched in like a month. Yeah. It's <laughs> the first time I was like, oh, I'm still not ready.
1: <laughs> I haven't even watched, you know, I was talking with Adam about this today. I haven't watched hardly any NBA playoff basketball and usually I'll watch some of it at least even if if the Spurs are out or whatever I'll, I'll watch some of it but even the Spurs games, I I think I just, I think basketball just, I I, I had my fill. I had my fill after that Monday. I think I, I was done.
0: I was done for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not like a like a, an NBA guy, but there were times when that when I was in Phoenix, I was at dinner or whatever, and they had some like NBA games on. I like I turned like, oh look, there's hockey. I can watch hockey. <laughs> right. Because I wasn't really. It seems basketball. like everybody
1: on my feed's watching
0: hockey. Well one Except the, me. The, the, the stars are still in it, right? Or at least they were when we started. I don't know if they're how they're doing tonight.
1: Oh yeah, it's a game seven, I think. Let's check this out
0: real quick. Of course I'm gonna have you to know. I'm gonna have to oh. dig for it because like soccer or not soccer. Hockey is not like on my, on my feed of ESPN scores I usually track. I have to dig for it.
1: Hockey is hockey is my um game of thrones sport as in I've never sat and watched a game of hockey. <laughs>
0: nice. Ooh, ooh! Stars Blues tied one-one with four minutes to go in overtime. Ooh,
1: that is a good game
0: <laughs> on NBC's. Maybe I should Network. start watching it now. Um. So the other other bit of news uh, with uh, regarding basketball, one you saw that the the Chris Beard his contract was extended last week. This week was announced. The assistant coach's salary pool has increased um, and it went from eight hundred twenty thousand to one point one million. So that's a what's that like an average of a hundred thousand dollars per per assistant? Yeah, that's basically. a decent <laughs> decent amount. That's a good little bump. You um, could do some stuff with that. John Riley, the strength and conditioning coach, his salary was. I think the only one, other one else that was called out specifically, his went from a hundred thousand to one hundred and sixty thousand
1: which if you've seen any of those before after photos it's it's about time that dude makes these these guys put in some work and um they their bodies change completely when while they're here it's impressive what Riley's able to do
0: yeah um so yeah I'm 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 really glad that Chris Beard was able to to work that out for his staff to make sure that they are um, to stay here at Texas Tech. I know there were a lot of people that were concerned about Mark Adams leaving, which you still kind of are concerned about some of your coaches leaving because, one, when, when you're really successful, other teams want your assistant coaches. You know, if they can't get bigger, they're going to try to go after his assistants. It's good that we can increase their salaries to try to keep him at Texas Tech, um, to really help you kind of reload for another run um, 2019, 2020 so i was really happy to see that that salary increase happen for them um and obviously like we were saying it's well-deserved for for everything they were, they've been able to do um and i guess we should talk about some football it's you know first week of may and we still have a lot of football news it's pretty crazy uh, yeah i know
1: it just kind of cropped up out of nowhere.
0: Um one some so I guess some good some health news uh, John Scott was released discharged from the hospital following his shooting last weekend so he's still on the the path to recovery but well enough to go home happy for him Um and then Matt Wells made a made an appearance at Cotton Fest he did he was he was there were you there at the same time or you had you already gone home
1: no, no, no. He was um, he came out before Flatland Cavalry Cavalry did and led everyone in a raider power. It sounded very loud. <laughs> of course, I was I was standing at the very back because I didn't want to be in the uh, beer drenched zone. Mm. So I, I stayed pretty far back. But it sure, sounded loud to me, even though all the voices were facing the other way
0: see so, yeah, over the past couple of weeks he's thrown out the first pitch at a at a baseball game he's been to uh cotton fest he threw out the first pitch at a softball game this past weekend um he's making himself visible
1: big time yeah he's it seems it seems intentional and um that and, just...
0: and and the headset photos both and the headset photos the <laughs>
1: In case y'all didn't know, there's a Twitter account that neither of us have anything to do with. Just in case um, y'all were thinking it was us, but if you want to follow at Coach Headset TTU, you can get you can get some um, behind the headset takes and thoughts because we 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 began noticing a while back that um, TTU likes to post. Photos of Matt Wells and headsets, and
0: which is strange, the, like why why that like uh, that decision was made, and they've been consciously making that
1: right. And obviously, the person behind this Twitter account has has thought the same thing. So we're uh, we're we're on board, but it it's just kind of bizarre. Like the first couple of photos that Tech released, and I think it was November or December when we hired or when tech hired Matt Wells they both had him in a headset but then of course they blacked out everything else to make it look like he was wearing red and black stuff and then you th- i think some of the first photos from gosh february or march he was in a headset and you think how did they even get these what, what why is he wearing one at Photoshop, maybe for spring camp <laughs> or whatever it was. So it was like they were working extra hard to to get one in there. And, and uh, this guy, this guy noticed. So yeah, Coach Headset Ttu is that, that's kind of a fun follow on Twitter. Probably get a little bit more traction in there during the football season.
0: Update on the Stars Blues game. It is going to overtime number two. Oh my gosh! Still tied at one. <laughs> So Obviously, how does cause... that
1: work? Do they get the do they get the puck at the they do the, another face off? Fourth no. Well, how many overtimes till you just have to go for two or
0: whatever it is? <laughs> you mean till they go to like a, like a shootout? Yeah. Uh I th- think it's after two.
1: Cuz I know that one, sounds right.
0: I know one of the hockey games when I was watching in Phoenix was a playoff game and it went to a second overtime. Um and it's a golden goal, sudden death type thing. So, like, it's not like they both scored in overtime. Like, the first person, the first team that scores in overtime, ends it. Um, so, while it's going through, like, a, another 20 minute period, they don't have to play. But I think after the second overtime, it goes to, to, to the shootout. But the last time I really paid attention to hockey was the last time the Stars won the Stanley Cup. And that was in a long time ago.
1: Was that in the 70s?
0: No, it was in the early 2000s. <laughs> Shut up.
1: 99. 99. I remember that. No, I, I really don't.
0: Um, I actually saw their Stanley Cup in person. They, uh, they, a couple of stars came to my elementary school. I don't know how they, they worked it out, but they brought the cup with them. It was really cool to see that in person. Couldn't touch it or anything. But got to see it. And I think even then had that big dent in the like in that bottom ring from when I dropped it.
1: <laughs> well, that's how you know it's the it's the not it's not a fake.
0: Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um back to football. I, I think we were all kind of really surprised when Matt Wells kinda of took over that there weren't like a huge um like exodus of, of transfers. Um, since he's, he's come on, uh, we've had four guys officially announce they were transferring with a, probably one or two more that will announce here pretty soon. Um, quarterback McLean Carter has announced he was transferring and has landed at Rutgers. Um, offensive lineman Giovanni Pancotti, which I just love his name. Me too. Very Italian. Uh linebacker Jaquay Poe. Um and then defensive line Joe Wallace. Ball is is Wallace out.
1: official or is that still just kind of
0: Well it it was reported by some media. I don't know if it's like been officially announced by Texas Tech, but it's not like
1: it's it's beyond a rumor, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah it's 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 greater than just smoke.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. There, there hasn't been and that's, an official announcement. I
0: mean, I believe it. I just
1: I was just kind of asking to see if there was any more than um what we already knew.
0: Yeah, and the other two guys that we're expecting are running back DeLeon Ward and cornerback Demarcus Fields.
1: Yeah, those those have been there's been smoke around that. I've, yeah. I've heard as well.
0: But on the flip side, you've had five transfers announced they were coming to you. Um Ironically, you, you had a, a McLean t- for McLean transfer swap. <laughs> you had wide receiver McLean Mannix transfer in from Nevada, 5'10", uh, 180 inside receiver. Um, in his two years at Nevada, super productive, 107 receptions, greater than 1,600 receiving yards, and 13 touchdowns. So he, he was actually announced today, this morning or yesterday, that he was granted immediate eligibility for his transfer in for medical reasons for a family mem- member. So he's expected to be a pretty pivotal role with the inside receiver group this upcoming season. Um, yesterday, I believe, uh, Reginald Turner second or R.J. Turner, I'm not sure how he's officially going to be referred to, a 6'2", 205 grad transfer from uh, University of Louisiana, Monroe. Um, we'll be joining you this summer. He's an outside receiver. Um, career stats for his three seasons in Monroe, 90 receptions, uh, almost the same number of yards as Mannix in, in the two seasons, sixteen, sixty-two, and then 10 touchdowns. Um, in the post I think I saw from Seth today, I think the Monroe offense is a whole lot more run based than pass based but still um 30 receptions about 6 550 yards is pretty good for, for an outside receiver like as long as he's not like your number 1 receiver but he may have been their number 1 receiver at, at a running school so those num- numbers are, are really nothing to sneeze at
1: no not at all
0: um, running back Armand Shine from Utah is 5'10", 2'10", grad transfer. Um, mo- most recently at Utah, also played at American River College. His career stats at Utah from 2016-2018. He redshirted in 2017. He had uh, 198 carries for 885 yards, nine touchdowns. That's good for four and a half yards per carry. Um, so not like a, a home run hitter. Um, doesn't have the flashy stats like McLean Manning does, or even R.J. Turner, but does kind of replace the loss of on Ward. Um, that you have another experienced guy in, in your backfield, and then you got two guys on defense: um, linebacker Evan Rambo from Cal, six four two ten. He's listed as a linebacker for you, played safety for them, so he may be that that tweener position in Patterson's defense. Um, he could be granted two years of eligibility. He at least has one. So when he when all that kind of settles with the NCAA, he could be classified as a junior. Um, I think he was mostly a special teams player for them uh, in his three seasons there. He's t- totaled thirty four tackles, one interception, two passes deflected, two sacks. Um, and then your one of your most recent ones. Uh, your the defensive back from Penn State, Zach McPherson, five eleven, one ninety. He will be a. Oh gosh, is he a senior too, or just a junior? Um,
1: I can't. I'll, I'll look that up.
0: He's a grad transfer, but I'm not sure if he was able to graduate in three years there, and still has some eligibility left. Um, so same kind of thing with Rambo, who's mostly a special teams player. But if you saw their spring game this year, he. McPherson could have been figuring to play a whole lot bigger role in their defense, um, but his career stats in the 24 games: um, 16 tackles, three pass, three passes deflected, one fumble recovery. So, for the four to maybe six guys you've got transferring out, you've got five guys transferring in. Um, and it looks like McLean Mannix. RJ Turner, Armand Shine, at least will all be eligible this season to help out. Um, Rambo and McPherson may be able to as well.
1: McPherson, uh, on his on the uh, Penn State site, he has no stats for 2016, so I'm assuming he redshirted 2016 because he's listed as a junior. But he has stats for 2017 and 18. So he may be coming in as a redshirt senior? Is that what that's called?
0: No, he'd be a redshirt junior this year. Okay. But if he was able to graduate and not just like a straight transfer, if he's a grad transfer, then yeah, he'd have two years of eligibility left. He'd be a redshirt junior. He'd be like a, a Juco transfer.
1: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: And then a couple other things from this weekend, kind of football related, but not Texas Tech football related. Um, you had some familiar faces there at the Kentucky Derby. Um, there was a big group shot of a bunch of the New England Patriots past and present. And then one Baker Mayfield there. at the yeah. Derby With a really disgusting beard. Um, it was just really strange. But you saw Tom Brady was in that picture. Cliff Kingsbury, Danny Amendola, they were all there. Um, And this really funny video came out like Monday morning. (laughs) It looked like just a handful of guys that were drunk that night afterwards Um, where Amendola or Tom, I'm not sure who initiated the bet, but there was a $100,000 bet that Danny Amendola couldn't throw this miniature football and hit this number on the side of a building. And he hit it. And no vid- way! Yeah, no, he did, and the video like, Amendola has this like really crazy laugh afterwards, like ha 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 ha, like whoa, <laughs> creeper. Let me see if
1: I can. Find I did it real not, quick. I did not see that uh, the video.
0: Yeah, it was it was really funny. Um... Okay, it's twenty seven seconds, so. Once a hit play, you have to kind of like, just kind of. All right, we'll
1: all right this up. is for a hundred
0: grand. Hundred grand, if I hit yeah. All right, what are we doing here? 100 all 100 right, so 100 that Amendola talking to Brady. Look at the wind. Yeah, There's no f- insane right now. It's with it's that hard. little football. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he's throwing it. Oh! And he hits it. Oh, that <laughs> 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 and that laugh right there was ha 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 ha. That was Amendola <laughs> laughing at Brady. <laughs>
1: That was pretty good. So that was but, entertaining just to listen to.
0: But it's like so it's it's like these guys this group of guys in like a like a hotel parking lot and they it's like middle of the night. The only light there is from the the like the big lights in the parking lot and then they have like an escalade with the headlights on in front of the groups. So like it's really it's shady, but like these guys making a hundred thousand dollar bets like it's nothing.
1: Throwing a throwing a child's toy, basically.
0: Yeah. It cracked me up when I saw it this morning, or yesterday, and I wanted to mention that. Here I'll I'll drop it in so you can watch it later. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I would like to watch it. So that's what I had for football. Michael, do you have anything else you wanted to?
1: For football, no. I think we've I think we've covered we've covered lots of things.
0: We we have, and we've tried to go quickly because of how much content we 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 had. Um, enough content. I will add that we probably could have done a a, a full radio show with the commercials and oh take callers and all that kind of stuff. Reading text messages. Oh, we,
1: we would have run out of time. Probably. If we were if we were checking the um, Caprock Cafe Queso chat line every five, <laughs> five seconds.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. Par- we would have
1: we, we would have run out of time. they kick us off the air after seven hours.
0: Yeah. like, well, Guys, what, are you still talking? Why?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, I mean, this is just what we do. We're supposed to take commercial breaks.
0: Is, is that a thing? <laughs> no, we just roll through. We just keep going. For, forget about those sponsors. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I, I think we only had one question submission. If I'm, if I'm reading my notifications correctly. Red Raider reset man, of course. Ideal backup quarterback Duffy or Martin.
1: I need to see some more from from Martin. At this point, I don't know if I could call him ideal just yet.
0: Yeah, I would say from what I've seen from the spring, I still want to roll with Duffy.
1: Agreed. One, I think so too.
0: Experience. Um, He's been playing it a lot, a lot more recently at a high level. Started for you last season, whereas. Martin has been kind of moved back and forth between receiver and quarterback. He's getting a shot at quarterback and he didn't look really settled on the, in the spring. So ideally I'd like to stick with Duffy.
1: Yeah, I think I would too right now. Kind of the, kind of the safe bet. You, you know what you're getting right now and who knows, you may get an improved Duffy that takes a little bit less chances through the air. Uh, you know, as the season comes around, you you just never know. But just based off what I've seen, which is only seeing Martin and some red and black games, basically. Um, I think it's, I'm still going to go with Duffy.
0: Okay. And a taco barbacoa or shredded brisket.
1: Mm, I usually go barbacoa because you can't find it everywhere. If those are the two, if, if that's on the menu, I'll, I'll go with that. But man, so shredded briskets,
0: it's hard to beat, but yeah, Barbacoa is one of those things. Like once I found out what it was, I had a hard time going back to it. Oh, and it's just—it's just some cheek. You're uh, all right. It's cheek muscle. It's good, it's good for you. Um, <laughs> and it's finally, the stuff that makes cows smile. They must be California cows.
1: <laughs> they're very, or those Wisconsin cows. They're very happy because they're just dairy cows, and then they end up being barbacoa.
0: All right, sorry, I I couldn't. Um, And finally, when mowing with a side discharge mower at one, I don't do that. Do you throw lawn clippings back into your yard or throw them into the neighbor's yard? So I've I've been real big about putting clippings back into your yard. One, because as they break down, it provides more carbon carbon material, carbon, um, yeah, for your yard to break down and then to use on its own grass. Um, so I prefer to mulch, so it cuts up into smaller pieces and it, um, is able to, to push it lower than just leaving on top of the grass. Uh, I realized saying that probably works a whole lot better for fescue cause it's got more room to kind of hide the, the clippings, whereas Bermuda, if it's, if you're cutting it really short and it's really, really healthy and really thick, um, it's probably hard to to mulch Bermuda and not have it leave a bunch of clumps. So
1: yeah, and and mulching really only works if you mow a lot.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that the the one thing I, I could tell you to do is is just mow more often, at least twice a week.
1: Yeah, if if you're going to mulch, you really need to mow once or twice a week, and then the for for what I've done, I grew up in the country, we <laughs> didn't even know what bagging was or what it meant or why people did it, but then um, once I moved. Into town and started mowing my own lawn. I usually would bag it, almost always. And I had a theory if that that was going to help with weeds. I don't know if it ever did or not, but that's usually what I would do. And I, the only time I would run the the side exit or the side discharge was when the lawn got out of hand or something, like it just was it rained and I couldn't get to it and I couldn't get to it. And so then I would just kind of knock it down with, with that and then rake up as much of the clippings as I could. And, um, you know, keep it from going everywhere. Try to, try to angle that side exit where it's facing your house or, or when you're in your backyard where it's facing the inside of, of the yard and try to rake that direction. But, but yeah, usually I just bag it and I'm sure that's making Spencer cringe over there.
0: Well, so I would suggest bagging if you've got some weed issues, weeds that you're not trying to. I totally
1: did at the old house.
0: That you're not trying to like make worse. So like when you cut the weeds down, you're not trying to like spread more of the seeds around. Um, Bagging works really well for that. Mulching does not because all you're doing is you're just helping distribute that. Right. Um, (laughs) Side discharge, really helpful if, if it's, if it's gotten overgrown and you won, you don't want to mess with trying to like empty the bag, every like <laughs> one row down your, your 30 lawn. seconds. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's really stupid. Um, you, you cut off a whole lot more grass and, and you think about when you, when you have to un unload the bag every minute of mowing, you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was cutting off this much grass. Um, So side discharge is as good if it's overgrown, I would throw it back to the inside. So you've got several, passes on it to to mulch it up and cut it down to smaller pieces and then you can either go back with the bag over the biggest clumps or just like you said rake it up Um, but definitely do not discharge it into your neighbor's yard Um, and then when I'm I'm cleaning up and and, and blowing the the clippings I'm blowing them back into my yard I'm not blowing them um, into the street that just that bugs the crap out of me when people do that because one like it's obvious that like there's like this ring of grass around this really recently cut gra- like recently mowed lawn like oh i wonder where yeah. this came from
1: Yeah you um, know exactly who it was It's was
0: like while your your driveway and your your sidewalks may look clean like the ring in the street that surrounds your property does not look clean <laughs> Um and like i said the that little extra uh carbon material the um Organic material. That's what I'm trying to say. They say, and I don't know how much I believe it, but it's still it's something that a season's worth of mulching and kind of throwing the clips back into your yard can add up to about one extra application of fertilizer. So like you would save yourself, or you get that much like organic material and stuff back in because as that stuff breaks down, it still has some of the nutrients that you put into it. You know, so it, the the stuff that you put into the the fertilizer you put down helped grow that grass. Some of that material, some of those fertilizer materials, sorry, are still going to be present in those grass clippings. So if you can put them back into the dirt under your lawn y- onto the lawn, excuse me, for them to break down, it goes back into your dirt for your grass to use again. Now it it's really difficult to kind of track that, but. Just throwing it out there. I think well, it's it's, it's than...
1: the circle of life, really.
0: Yeah, it's like having a mulch pile, right? You're you're recycling some of your your food trash, turning it into mulch for you, and then you throw that into your your garden or whatever. Same kind of thing, but it happens on a much more inconspicuous scale because it should be happening beneath the the canopy of your your lawn. You shouldn't be seeing this. <laughs> right, right. Okay, Michael, you have any other yard things you want to disappoint me with? Do you... Um...
1: No, no, I'm good.
0: I think I've disappointed you enough for, for one week. Did you talk to your, your service about going to once every three weeks?
1: No, but I think I am going to get him to cut it shorter.
0: Which makes sense for Bermuda. Does not make sense for... I
1: know, Costco. well... I think it's my fault because when I was talking to him initially, I said, you know, it doesn't mean if it's because the guy across the street, I think has theirs cut every week. And so I said something like that. And so he, okay, well, he doesn't want to cut it short. And, and I think that's what he heard. So I'll I'll give him a call before they come out and see if they can take the old mower deck a notch further down. They've been doing great though. It's been really nice. I've had, you've had zero work. I've today. had all sorts of free Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> all right.
0: So what did we learn this week, Michael? Oh man. Okay.
1: I learned uh, from friend of the show, Chad Hasty.
0: So in, in preparation for all the heavy storms we've had, we we've, we've had tornadoes in the area Saturday, Sunday, and they were expected again today.
1: Right. Uh, today was, didn't really pan out, but definitely but on Sunday.
0: This, um, this little gold nugget that came out. Yeah, yeah. So friend of the friend of the
1: show, Chad Hasty, made a post on um, on a, I think it was KFYO's website or maybe Talk thirteen forty either one. And he he brought up this tweet, and uh, he said some communities have already seen tornadoes, and again today there's a chance a tornado or a tornado or two could drop out of the sky. And then he just posted this tweet from Lawrence Police that says, "Please don't shoot at the tornadoes." <laughs> And there's some backstory to it. You kind of have to click it and kind of go. uh, Let's see. Yesterday, National Weather Service, uh, this is from um, Douglas Company. I'm not sure who this is, but someone, I guess, within the Lawrence community tweeted that the National Weather Service has issued a tornado watch for Douglas County. Oh, it's it's the name of the county. Well, that's great. Read, Read first, Michael. Anyway, so the county tweeted that they're under Tornado Watch, basically. And so Lawrence police retweeted that, saying, some people read this as, quote, deck sitting in a lawn chair with a bottle of whiskey, end quote, season. Those without a death wish read it as, quote, take necessary safety precautions for the possibility of severe weather, end quote. And then they say, please be the latter, to where this guy... Andy R, he replies to that saying, pft, PFT, PFT. Does that sound good? Does that sound right? That sounds about anyway, how I would pronounce it. He says, I'll get my whiskey and my shotgun. <laughs> to where Lawrence re- retweets that saying, please, please don't shoot at the tornadoes. <laughs> and so so Chad posted this. Um and had had this comment to say on it. He said, "While it may be a lighthearted moment on Twitter, the police are serious. Don't shoot at tornadoes. It's not a good idea and highly illegal within city limits." The whiskey,
0: well, they didn't comment on that. <laughs> One, I so the Lawrence PD uh, has had some history with some funny Twitter interactions because they they've done something. It's been a couple years since I've realized it, but um, I can't remember what exactly it was. Whether it was like the they were talking about their, their football team or they they were going back and forth between like a, a big 12 conference opponents city police department, Twitter account. Like they were going back and forth. I, I, I can't remember exactly what it was. You'll have to tell us and you have to, t- us in, um, you have to s- send us the, the tweets or whatever, but they, they've they done kind of funny offhanded stuff on Twitter before, but this was also This was just, it was funny. Like don't shoot at the tornado. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty good. Please don't shoot at the, tornadoes
0: Ooh, got a little little thunder clap going on are we getting some more rain I that.
1: heard that too I, I yeah I guess we are I'm actually gonna I was gonna check the I was pulling up the radar map after oh, I heard it's,
0: it it's a little tiny there's a little system that's developing but they did say between uh, 11 and 1 we're gonna get like another another round of this stuff so maybe we get some more rain oh there's a there's a big one cunt yeah. Oh, no. It's pretty big. It it
1: goes all the way down from brown, Brownfield up to almost Plainview. view. The Blues scored. Oh. Uh, sorry Stars fans.
0: I, I was a Stars fan for like the past 15 minutes and now I'm now I'm sad.
1: Uh yeah, the, now they're they're just a dumpster fire, right? Do, they, should should they blow it up?
0: They should. I don't I don't I don't even know what we're doing here. All right. Um, Thanks again for joining us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next week.